What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hope is Rising podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to mental health and self-improvement. I'm your host, Jim Collins, and this week's episode is all about a more sensitive subject, abandonment wounds. In this episode, I'll be talking about what abandonment wounds are, how they affect our lives, what the signs and symptoms are to look out for, causes of abandonment wounds, as well as ways to treat abandonment wounds and how you can go about helping to support those who might be exhibiting signs of abandonment issues. I'll also be sharing my own personal story involving abandonment wounds. Alright, so why are we talking about abandonment wounds this week? Well, over the weekend, I came across an episode of Aaron Dowdy's podcast on Spotify that happened to be about this very same subject, abandonment wounds. Naturally, I was curious and intrigued, so I listened to the episode, and it really resonated with me because a lot of what Aaron talked about in the episode rings true for my own life. His abandonment issues have manifested themselves in very similar ways to my own, and a lot of what he talked about in the episode just made a lot of sense. And because his episode inspired my own, I wanted to give him a quick shout out, a quick plug. If you don't know who Aaron is, he's a wonderful human being that has dedicated himself to helping people raise their vibrational consciousness and become the best version of themselves. I highly encourage you to check out his podcast on Spotify and to also check out his videos on YouTube. I've been following his content myself now for the past couple of years and I find it to be very informative and very helpful and I hope that you will as well. Again, his name is Aaron Dowdy, and it's spelled A-A-R-O-N-D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. After listening to that episode, I was inspired to create my own episode about abandonment wounds because I want to help people better understand what they are, how they affect our lives, and how we can overcome them. I also wanted to make sure that people who might be going through the process of dealing with their own abandonment issues understand that they're not alone in dealing with those issues and that there is hope for overcoming them to live a happier and more fulfilled life. Before I go any further, I just want to make it known that I'm not an expert on this subject matter whatsoever, I'm not a medical professional, and I'm not a mental health professional. I'm simply just sharing information that I've obtained through my own research and speaking from my own experience. With that being said, what exactly is an abandonment wound? According to Psych Central, emotional abandonment is the result of a significant person discarding you, dismissing you, devaluing you, or not acknowledging you. Medical News Today says that abandonment issues arise when an individual has a strong fear of losing loved ones. A fear of abandonment is a form of anxiety that often begins in childhood when a child experiences a traumatic loss. So, what are some of the causes of abandonment wounds? There are several, including loss of a loved one, particularly a parent, caregiver, or romantic partner. The loss often stems from trauma, such as death or divorce. Emotional abandonment meaning a parent is physically present, but not emotionally attentive to their child. Trauma, such as abuse or poverty, and other factors include environmental factors, genetics, medical disorders, and brain chemistry. So what are some of the signs and symptoms that we should be looking out for? First and foremost, people with abandonment issues experience relationship problems due to fear that the other person will leave them. Signs and symptoms in adults include always wanting to please others, meaning being a people pleaser, giving too much in relationships, an inability to trust others, pushing others away to avoid rejection, feeling insecure in romantic partnerships and friendships, codependency, a need for continual reassurance others love them and will stay with them, the need to control others, persisting with unhealthy relationships, inability to maintain relationships, 
moving quickly from one relationship to another, sabotaging relationships, and a lack of emotional intimacy. Oftentimes, those who experienced abandonment in childhood are drawn to people who treat them poorly and leave them, which reinforces their fears of abandonment and distrust of others. Some signs and symptoms in children. First, a quick note that separation anxiety and abandonment issues are not the same thing. It's perfectly natural for a young child to have some level of fear of their parent or caregiver leaving them. Separation anxiety begins between the ages of 10 to 18 months and typically ends around 3 years of age. These don't become an issue unless symptoms become severe or continue for a long time. Those symptoms include constant worry about being abandoned, anxiety or panic when a parent or caregiver drops them off at school or daycare, clinginess, fear of being alone including at bedtime, frequent illness with no apparent physical cause, isolation, and low self-esteem. Severe cases can lead to problematic coping strategies such as addiction, disordered eating, lashing out at others either physically or verbally, and self-harm. Some signs and symptoms with adopted children to look out for include aggression and angry behavior, withdrawal, sadness, self-image problems, daydreaming to make sense of their story or identity, difficulty falling asleep, and nightmares. Now, before I go on and talk about the types of treatment that are available and ways that you can help someone that you know that might be dealing with their own abandonment issues, I want to tell my own story that involves my own abandonment wound and my own abandonment issues. Now, these are things that I haven't shared with anyone else before other than my own therapist, but since it has to do with this episode and because I believe in being transparent, especially in regards to mental health, because I want to help people be able to be confident in changing their own lives and transforming their lives for the better, I want to share my story here. Now, my own abandonment wound came about whenever my parents got divorced when I was very young. I believe I was around the age of five or six. I'm not 100% sure on the age, but I feel like that was around the time frame of when it happened. And I still have the image in my head today of what happened that day. My mom and I were visiting my grandmother, her mom. I'm not sure if we were just visiting casually or having dinner over there. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But I was sitting in my grandfather's reclining chair, and my grandmother and my mom were sitting around me, and my mom took my hand, and that's when she explained to me that her and my dad were getting a divorce. I don't remember anything else about that day other than the fact that after she told me that, I got upset and started crying, which is to be expected. My parents' divorce really hit me hard. I actually end up having to see two different child psychologists or therapists, whatever they happen to be, as a means of trying to deal with what was happening and to better understand my feelings about what was going on. I was also enrolled in a program at my grade school that was called the Rainbow Program that was mainly dedicated to helping children cope with the divorce of their parents. I believe it also helped children to cope with the death of a parent. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know for a fact that they helped kids deal with the divorce of their parents. And it was nice to be able to, you know, talk to, you know, the therapist that I had. I don't remember much about either one of them, but it was nice to be able to process those feelings as best I could at the time. 
And it was also nice to be a part of that rainbow program, to be around kids my own age that were going through similar things as me. So I didn't feel so alone and so that I knew that other people were going through the same things that I was. And so I felt more comfortable being able to talk about things and open up about it. And because I was so young, I didn't understand what exactly a divorce was or what was going on. I felt that my dad was abandoning me and leaving me because I ended up living with my mom after the divorce and I was only able to see my dad on the weekends during the school year as well as holidays and during the summer I was able to spend the entire summer with my dad. But because of that, I felt that my dad was leaving me, he was abandoning me and that's, I believe, where the abandonment wound came in. And unfortunately, as I got older... I ended up projecting that abandonment wound and those abandonment issues onto my dad. Because what I was doing was I found that as I was getting older, if my dad would ask me a simple question like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Something along those lines, I would get an attitude with him and I'd kind of get snippy with him and I never understood why. So then when I started seeing a new therapist at the beginning of this year, I explained that to her and I was able to come to the realization that the reason why I was doing that was because of my abandonment wound and my abandonment issues. That was me projecting those onto my dad, which I still feel bad about because he didn't deserve it, you know, and I haven't told him about that yet, but, you know, I intend to have that talk with him eventually, but I still feel bad that I did it. You know, now that I'm more aware of why I did it, I can prevent it from happening in the future. Now, as far as how my abandonment issues manifested themselves throughout my life are concerned, starting with, you know, being a young kid, you know, growing up in grade school, you know, and things like that, one of my main issues was. I had a hard time making friends. I still kind of do, but not nearly as much of a hard time as I did back then. One of my other issues was that I tried so hard to fit in. I wanted people to like me, so what I would do is I would seek out the people that I thought were the cool kids or the popular kids or whatever, and I would kind of try to emulate them. So, for example... One of the kids in my grade liked a specific band. So I started listening to that band as a way to try and connect with him and try to seem more cool or to get him to like me because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be one of the cool kids. I wanted to be one of the popular kids. You know, who doesn't? That's kind of almost every kid's dream, I think. So I would do that, and another issue that I had was that I would often change my opinions on certain things to fit the opinion of one of my other classmates to get them to like me, to be their friend, you know, to seem more cool or whatever the case may be. For example, I was really big into wrestling growing up. I still kind of am, but not nearly as much as when I was a kid. And one of the other kids in my grade also liked wrestling. So if I had a particular opinion on something about wrestling, but he had a different opinion about that same thing, 
I would change my opinion to fit that of his opinion so that we had that thing in common, that commonality, and so that maybe he would like me and think I was cool or whatever, as the theme seems to be here. And one of the other issues that I had, another way that my abandonment issues presented themselves that I didn't know that's what that was until I honestly did the research for this episode, was every so often when I'd be at school, I'd start not to feel well. Basically, it would usually always end up being like a stomach ache or something very simple that wasn't anything major. But I would go to my teacher and say, hey, I'm not feeling well, my stomach's bothering me or whatever the case may be. I remember the one time I was sitting in class and I started to notice my skin was a little bit pale. But I'm naturally a pale person because I'm Irish and just naturally pale. And so my teacher kind of questioned me on it and still sent me down to the office anyway. But these are the kind of things that, you know, I would make up or say, you know, that I wasn't feeling well or this or that. And I would go down to the office and I would explain to the office, hey, I'm not feeling well. And they would call my mom or dad to have them come get me or to make some kind of arrangements to come get me. They didn't always, but, you know, most of the time I think they did if I remember correctly. And so that was always a problem. Um, There was also one time I remember where I had an assignment due for my English class in grade school. I think it was fifth grade or something like that. And... I didn't do it. You know, I wasn't very good in grade school. I didn't get very good grades. I didn't really apply myself as well as I could have. And I think a lot of it had to do with my mom and dad's divorce and it was still affecting me and things like that. But that's neither here nor there. It's just I didn't do well in school. So I had this assignment that I was supposed to do. And my English teacher, or language arts as it was called at the time, had this system where if you didn't do an assignment... There was an excuse sheet that you had to fill out and submit to her, and then she would send it home to your parents for them to see, or she would call them about it, or whatever the case may be. Usually, she sent the excuse home for the parents to see, and my excuse for not doing the homework for that particular evening was that I wasn't feeling well. So, it was often an excuse I used for things, so now that I see that it's... Uh, a symptom of abandonment issues manifesting themselves, now I understand that better. Moving on into my high school years, you know, I still had the issues with making friends. I didn't make friends very easily, didn't have a ton of friends in high school. Um, Again, I, I tried to fit in, you know, tried to hang out with the cool kids and do what the cool kids were doing, stuff like that. But my main thing was trying to find a romantic relationship. And for most of my teenage years and into young adulthood, I kept trying to chase relationships. Because I wanted so badly to be with somebody because I was trying to fill a void within myself. Because I didn't love myself, I didn't know how to love myself, so I was hoping that if I found someone that loved me, that I would feel better about myself, because they would value me and appreciate me and things like that. Because my problem was, I got my self-esteem and my sense of self-worth from other people. You know, and I let my relationship status affect how I felt about myself. 
And so since I've never really had much dating experience or, you know, any real significant relationships to talk about, you can expect that, you know, I didn't really feel very good about myself for a long time. But I kept trying to chase relationships as a way to feel better about myself. And that's been problematic. I still kind of do that, but to a lesser extent, I'm trying to avoid that now. I'm trying to focus more on loving myself. That way I'm not forcing that on somebody else because it's unhealthy and toxic. I can't expect someone to provide something for me that I can't provide for myself. Moving into adulthood, my big issue has been being a people pleaser. Oftentimes, I'll say yes to things I might want to say no to. Other issues include me not speaking up for myself if something's bothering me or I'm upset about something or I don't agree with something because I'm trying to keep the peace. I don't want to start an argument, but I end up, as the saying goes, starting a war within myself because I'm not being true to myself. I'm not speaking my truth. I'm not speaking up when things bother me because I'd rather things be peaceful than to cause problems. But in the long run, I end up causing problems for myself for not speaking up. And I'm abandoning myself in the process by trying to please other people. Because I still want to be liked. I still want people to accept me and think I'm cool or be my friend. Or I still want girls to date me or whatever. So I go against my own truth and I abandon myself every time I do that and it's something that I'm still working on to this day and and, you know trying to figure out ways to overcome that because it's not something I want to keep doing but these are patterns that I've noticed throughout my life especially in talking to my therapist and you know doing research about abandonment wounds and issues and things like that And unfortunately, I didn't really become aware of my abandonment wound and my abandonment issues until about four years ago. I met a wonderful girl. I'm not going to say her name because I don't know how she'd feel about that. But I met her through one of my favorite hobbies. And I ended up developing feelings for her. I started liking her. And so I started talking to her on an almost daily basis and I wasn't sure if she felt the same way about me but eventually she made it known that hey you know we were talking through Facebook Messenger at the time and she made it known that hey this isn't my preferred method of communication I would rather get to know you and talk to you at mutual events that we attend and I should have been okay with that but unfortunately I wasn't respecting that boundary Because it goes back to wanting to have somebody in my life. It goes back to wanting to be accepted and to having a loving relationship, you know, and things like that. So I wasn't respecting her boundary because I enjoyed having a girl to talk to because it's not something that happens every day for me. You know, I enjoyed having someone to talk to in general because I don't really, you know, have a lot of conversations going on throughout the week. So I was enjoying that and I didn't want to lose that. But I should have been respectful of her boundaries and I regret not being respectful of that. And so eventually she ended up firmly establishing that boundary and putting distance between us. 
And that's what ended up triggering my abandonment wound. And so I ended up projecting that abandonment wound onto her. And the pattern I discovered that I was running because of that abandonment wound was that if I liked a girl and I was talking to a girl and for some reason I felt that maybe she was not as interested in me or maybe she was kind of pulling back from me, that would trigger my abandonment wound and then I would start to make them feel guilty about putting space between us or not wanting to talk to me anymore or whatever the case may be. I try to guilt them into continuing to talk to me or, you know, go out with me or whatever. And that's a very unhealthy way of handling things. You know, I hated the fact that I projected my abandonment wound onto her and I still feel bad about it to this day. But I am grateful that I finally became aware of that abandonment wound and the negative patterns that I've been repeating and running as a result of that abandonment wound. So now I'm able to prevent those kind of patterns from repeating in the future. So that's kind of my story. Um, Again, it's not something that I've shared with anybody other than my therapist, but I believe in being transparent when it comes to mental health and I believe that, you know, if my story can inspire somebody else to make changes in their own life, then the story is worth sharing. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the the final segment here, which is in regards to the types of treatment that are available, as well as ways that you can help support somebody who might be exhibiting abandonment issues in their own life. So first we'll talk about treatment the the best treatment out there obviously is by going to therapy. You know, don't ever be ashamed about going to therapy. You know, I'll be having my own episode later on down the line about therapy and how important it is, but for now I'm just going to say don't feel ashamed about going to therapy. You know, it it takes a very strong person to admit they need help and to get that help. But going to therapy to process the abandonment wounds and abandonment issues is so beneficial and it's so worth it because it allows you to talk to somebody that's going to be non-judgmental and isn't emotionally invested in these situations. They're going to allow you to get that stuff off your chest. You're going to be able to process those feelings and get them out there so they're not bottled up anymore. And they're going to be able to show you the negative patterns that you've been running as a result of those abandonment wounds and help you figure out new coping mechanisms and new healthy ways of doing things. It's just it's so good to be able to process those things and overcome them. If your case is a little bit more severe or more problematic, your therapist might recommend anti-anxiety meds. As I mentioned before, abandonment issues are a form of anxiety, so anti-anxiety meds can help with those symptoms and help manage them. Those kind of meds aren't for everybody, but they can be helpful. If your doctor recommends that, go ahead and give it a try. If it doesn't work for you, see what other options are available. Now, as far as ways you can support a loved one or a friend experiencing abandonment issues or manifesting symptoms of abandonment issues, some things that are recommended are staying calm during conversations with them, even if they try to provoke a response out of you. Because what they're doing here is they're trying to test you to see if you'll reject them or leave them in any way. So do your best not to give them any hints that you're going to leave or reject them. Second one is avoid pushing for answers and let them answer in their own time. 
So if they don't feel comfortable talking about something right away or don't want to give an answer right away, don't push them for it. Allow them to come to you when they're ready to talk about it and go from there. Don't make them feel like they have to give you an answer right now because it's just going to make the situation more difficult than it needs to be. And lastly, uh, reply honestly and let them know their behaviors affect others. I find this to be important because, as I said, for a number of years, I was never aware of how my behavior was affecting other people. But now that I'm aware of my abandonment wound and my behaviors that result as part of those abandonment issues, I can now prevent myself from repeating those same negative behaviors. Because I don't, I don't want to hurt people, you know? Nobody does. As far as helping children that might be exhibiting abandonment issues or symptoms of them, you should seek help from a mental health professional as soon as possible because the sooner you recognize the abandonment wound and the issues that arise from it, the sooner you get them help, the better it's going to be for them in the long run. Allowing them to be able to talk through those feelings and process them and and the emotions and things like that as early as possible is really going to help them out a lot more than trying to go through life and try to work on those things as an adult. So trying to, you know, catch it as soon as possible is going to allow for the best outcome. Next is provide reassurance of love and support. So just always remind them that you love them and support them regardless of how they're feeling. You know, let them, you know, say what they need to say and don't judge them in any way, just provide that love and support for them. Establish routines because predictability can be reassuring. I know for me, even though I'm not a child, having routines and having things planned out and knowing what's going to happen and when is more comforting for me and it allows me to get things done easier. So setting up some kind of routine and explaining to them what's going to happen and when can kind of reassure them and calm them down. And finally, encourage the child to express their feelings and react in a neutrally, non-judgmental way. So allow them to express whatever they're feeling. Don't try to you know, stifle their feelings or make them feel like they shouldn't feel the way they do. You're only going to cause more problems in the end. So allow them to come to you and tell them what's bothering them You know, and listen and don't be judgmental. Don't yell at them. Don't punish them. Let them express their feelings and get that out so they don't bottle it up inside. All right, before we end the episode this week, I want to give one final plug, and that is for the Out of the Darkness Pittsburgh Walk. This is put on by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the Western PA chapter, every year. And I've been going to these for the last three out of the past four years. I didn't go last year because they didn't have one. They only did a virtual walk. I ended up doing the To Write Love on Her Arms virtual walk last year instead. But this is one of my favorite walks. I love supporting this organization every year by going on these walks. And it's being held on Sunday, September 12th, 2021 at its usual location at the Highmark Stadium in Station Square. So if you're in the Pittsburgh, PA area, this is a great cause to support. And I invite you to come out and walk with us. Uh, Registration begins at 9 a.m. and registration is free. You don't have to pay to be a part of this walk. They accept donations, so you can donate your own money. You can also set up a donation link, you know, with your own page so that you can ask people for donations in your name to donate to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. All donations are accepted up until December 31st, so even if you don't get them in by the walk, you can get them all the way up until the end of the year. 
Uh, you can register as a single walker or register as a team. It's up to you. Um, if you don't want to walk, you can just donate. That's just perfectly fine as well. You're also not expected to complete the entire walk, so as much as you're able to do is perfectly fine. If you can do the entire walk, great. If you can only do half, that's fine. Every little bit helps. This walk is put on to help raise awareness of suicide prevention. Um, the program itself, including the opening ceremonies and the walk itself, begin at 10.30 a.m. that day and runs till about roughly 1 p.m. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode all about abandonment wounds. Uh, I'm so happy to have brought it to you. I'm so happy that you listened. And I hope that you'll check out this episode and all future episodes on all major podcast platforms. And again, remember, hope is on the rise.